must have made wonderful discovery in valley a magnificent tomb with seals intact recovered same for your arrival congratulations after a 17-day journey by ship and train the earl and lady evelyn arrived in luxor to be met by an impatient and excited carter the very next morning work to clear the steps began in earnest on November 26, the outer blocking wall was removed to reveal a corridor filled with stone chips. From the pattern of disturbance running through the fill, it was clear that someone had been there before. Robbers must have entered the tomb in antiquity, but the seal impressions on the outer blocking wall showed that it had been resealed in the new kingdom. What might this mean for the state of the burial itself? There was always the possibility that it would turn out in the end to be a private tomb or a cache of funerary equipment collected from earlier robbed tombs in the Valley of the Kings and reburied for safety. After a further day of strenuous work in the heat and dust of the valley floor, the corridor was emptied. Now, after what must have felt like an interminable wait, the way ahead was clear. Carter, Carnarvon, Callender, and Lady Evelyn found themselves before yet another blocking wall. its surface also covered with large oval seal impressions a slightly darker patch of plaster in the top left-hand corner of the wall showed where the ancient robbers had broken in what would greet this next set of visitors more than 3 and 1/2000 years later without further hesitation carter took his trowel and made a small hole in the plaster blocking just big enough to look through First, as a safety precaution, he took a lighted candle and put it through the hole to test for asphyxiating gases. Then, with his face pressed against the plaster wall, he peered through into the darkness. The hot air escaping from the sealed chamber caused the candle to flicker, and it took a few moments for Carter's eyes to grow accustomed to the gloom. But then details of the room beyond began to emerge. Carter stood dumbstruck. After some minutes, Carnarvon could bear the suspense no longer. "Can you see anything?" he asked. "Yes, yes," replied Carter. "Wonderful things." The following day, Carter wrote excitedly to his friend and fellow Egyptologist Alan Gardiner, "I imagine it is the greatest find ever made." Carter and Carnarvon had discovered an intact royal tomb from the golden age of ancient Egypt. It was crammed in Carter's own words with enough stuff to fill the whole upstairs Egyptian section of the British Museum. The antechamber alone, the first of four rooms entered by Carter and his associates, contained treasures of unimaginable opulence. Three colossal gilded ceremonial beds in the shapes of fabulous creatures, golden shrines with images of gods and goddesses, painted jewelry boxes and inlaid caskets. gilded chariots and fine archery equipment a magnificent gold throne inlaid with silver and precious stones vases of beautiful translucent alabaster and guarding the right-hand wall two life-size figures of the dead king with black skin and gold accoutrements the royal name on many of the objects left no doubt as to the identity of the tomb owner the hieroglyphs clearly spelled out tut ank amun By curious coincidence the breakthrough that had allowed ancient Egyptian writing to be first deciphered and had thus opened up the study of pharaonic civilization through its numerous inscriptions had occurred exactly a century before in 1822 the french scholar jean françois champollion published his famous lettre à monsieur dacier 
in which he correctly described the workings of the hieroglyphic writing system and identified the phonetic values of many important signs. This turning point in the history of Egyptology was itself the result of a long period of study. Champollion's interest in ancient Egyptian writing had been prompted when he'd first learned about the Rosetta Stone as a boy. A royal proclamation inscribed in three scripts, Greek, Demotic characters, and hieroglyphics, the stone had been discovered by Napoleonic troops at El Rashid, Rosetta, during the French invasion of 1798, when Champollion was eight years old, and it was to provide one of the main keys to the decipherment of Egyptian hieroglyphics. Champollion's early genius for languages had enabled him to become proficient in Greek and, crucial in this endeavor, Coptic, the liturgical language of the Egyptian Orthodox Church and a direct descendant of ancient Egyptian. Armed with this knowledge and with a transcription of the Rosetta Stone, Champollion correctly translated the hieroglyphs.